HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio. We're doing a special uh, August 2014 pre-record. We're doing a North Fork, Long Island with some of the great new breweries out here. It's a special show. We traveled out to North Fork. We're at the new Greenport Harbor Brewery in Peconic, New York, which is pretty awesome. It's it's going to be one of the better tasting rooms in, in the whole uh, North Fork. So uh, just getting warmed up here. We're doing a pre-record. Uh, Jack's on the other end, the engineer. Um, just want to say, hey, hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. We're doing a special pre-record in August 2014 at the Greenport Harbor Brewery in Peconic, New York, and we're talking about North Fork, Long Island uh, craft beer community. All right, so thanks to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com, and here we are out in uh, North Fork, Long Island. First, let's talk with uh, the guys from... Uh, Greenport Harbor, uh, Rich and, and DJ, you guys have expanded. You open up a new facility here. Um, tell me a little bit about about the backstory on that because you guys have been making out here for a few years. Welcome yeah, to the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jimmy. Cheers. Um, yeah, so uh, we uh, a couple of years ago realized that uh, we were going to run out of production space in Greenport, the actual Greenport location. Um, it's only eighteen hundred square feet out there, so. Um, we uh, managed as best we could. We looked around for a new location, tried to find another spot in Greenport, but just couldn't find any place that really made sense that was big enough. So we were uh, kind of lucky to spot this place in Peconic, which is only about six miles up the road um, in the town of South Hole. And it has about three acres of property kind of in the heart of the wine trail, uh, surrounded by you know vineyards and farmland and stuff. So it's, uh, it's a great location. And old uh, car dealership that was built back in 1925 by the Vale brothers and uh, we actually met the uh, the uh, grandson uh, of the original owner he's 92 and he came into the tasting room the other week and brought some pictures and it was pretty hilarious 
but um, so we it was awesome, John and I, and and uh, you know, uh, family, friends, great people have worked on um, the construction, did everything ourselves, and it's really cool to be able to repurpose an old building and make it functional again. So we're really excited, and we're going to be able to brew. A lot more beer here. This is pretty special. I, I drove by the other day two times, and, and every time I saw this building, I said, that's got to be the brewery. And this is like the best location in, in this part of the North Fork. It's, I mean, it's a nice location because it is right on Route 25. Uh, Conic Lane is kind of the cross street, so it's kind of a feeder for both the north and south, you know, um, main drags. So it is a great location. We're really excited. And, you know, all of our neighbors have been great, so we're pumped. All right. We also have uh, Greg Martin from Long Ireland. You're based in Riverhead, which is uh, also out here on the North Fork. Welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. So we're drinking one of your beers right now. What are we drinking? This is um, uh, we call Trinity IPA. We actually just released this beer on Friday, um, August, I think it was the 2nd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we just released it. It's just kind of a one-off that we did. Um, it's brewed with uh, Magnum Bittering Hops and uh, Simcoe and Amarillo Hops through it. And uh, it's, it's definitely a lighter IPA for versus our, our year-round available one. Um, 6.2% ABV, about 60 bitterness units. And we wanted it to have this kind of clean-up front taste and just really have a nice hop finish to it, nice hop aroma to it. So uh, we're pretty happy with it. So it's unfiltered. It's just kind of natural, you know, out there IPA. We've had, we've had your beers around. I saw them at a few uh, local bars out here. Uh, how, how is the community responding to you being a local brewer? I mean, are you on taps at a lot of bars and restaurants? Yeah, I mean, um, we're very fortunate. You know, the uh, the east end of the island, the, you know, specifically the North Fork, has been, I think, super supportive of all of the breweries, uh, all of the local breweries. Um, there's some definitely better beer bars that are opening up, and... Uh, and more and more craft, you know, is definitely popping up. And, and, you know, between Greenport and Mustache and us and a couple other local guys out here, it's definitely, you know, the, the availability and the options are definitely increasing for everybody. Well, it's pretty awesome. I'm, we're, Rich and DJ, we're sitting here in your tasting room, still being constructed. It's an awesome bar. Uh, Pardon the hammering. Yeah. <laughs> People driving by. We also have Lori and Matt from, from Mustache Brewing. Um, you guys are a newer, really small brewery. Yes. Uh, also in Riverhead. Yep. yep. Yeah. So tell us a little about about how you guys got started and what you're doing. I mean, we started, you know, uh, I mean, at 10 years ago almost as home brewers, you know, just like a lot of us. Um, and, uh, you know, a few years ago we got the bug to not work in a cubicle anymore or just not, you know, work for anyone else, you know. And I wanted to start our own business and... and you know, the time was right in in the market and and in our lives, and just we wanted to, to just go for it. <clears throat> so we did a Kickstarter, and that was about two years ago. Yeah. And that um, <clears throat> we raised about thirty one thousand dollars on Kickstarter, and that was our our seed money to get us going. And uh, from there, it's just been in trying to find a building, and then finding a building, and then doing all the uh, build out. And construction, like these guys know, it's you know, it's a time-consuming <laughs> process, and especially when you're doing all the work. Yeah, we do everything ourselves. Uh, ourselves, just be uh, friends of the help of friends and family. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, just to save costs, really. Yeah. So out, out here with Nico Cremitas, a uh, good beer writer and buddy. Um, so out here in North Fork, not too long ago, there weren't any brewers, and suddenly you, you, you guys have 
you've got a little scene going on. You've had to work together closely in, in some areas. So let's talk about things that you guys have collaborated on and, you know, some anecdotes. And Nico, you want to say anything about uh, the scene out here in North Forks? Yeah, I mean, you know, over the last few years, especially in Riverhead, uh, Crooked Ladder, who isn't here right now, but they're also another brewery in Riverhead, and uh, it seems to kind of go hand in hand. I don't know if... Uh, Greg and Matt and Lori agree with the uh, redevelopment of the town of Riverhead in itself. Sure. And, uh, yeah, just on the North Fork, it's nice to see beer being represented because it's been, you know, wine country for so long. That's what I wanted to ask you about. I mean, when I come out here, there's so many wineries, and, and some of them are, are, I think, national, you know, reputation. There's Pominock, which I, I, I get a lot um, in particular. Um so how, how, what's the community like for you guys? I mean, you're you're working together. When I go out to bars and restaurants, I mean, are, are they buying your beer? Can I get them in, in local bars and restaurants? And tell me some of the places that I can buy your product out here. Well, uh, I mean, I can say with regard to the wineries, I mean, it's, you know, um, at first, when we first kind of opened our doors, there was still kind of a, a pushback by a lot of the wineries because there's a lot of, you know, tasting rooms associated with the wineries on the North Fork. I forget the number. It's some, you know, it's like 48 different wineries, I think, in the North Fork or something. But um, at first, there was a lot of pushback. You know, oh, you know, beer is not wine, and wine is different than beer. And but I think that in the past couple of years, they finally kind of realized that you know what? If we serve some beer in our tasting room alongside the wine, you probably would capture a few more, you know, fans and/or people would maybe stay longer because if they're with somebody who's maybe not a wine person who's looking for a beer. So we've had great success and built a lot of great relationships with all the wineries on the North Fork. So um, as far as, you know, the North Fork wineries go, I mean, elsewhere. Well, we've also done two beers uh, with some wineries out here. We used uh, grapes from Martha Clara a couple years ago. We did a beer with uh, some Sauvignon Blanc grapes and fresh pressed juice. Uh, And then last year we did uh, a new version of the same beer, but we used Merlot from uh, McCall Vineyards out here on the North Fork. So it's gotten, I think, pretty friendly. Everyone's certainly interested, and a lot of the winemakers have come in. Uh, I've seen a bunch of them in the tasting room pretty frequently. I know we're on tap somewhere uh, in most of the wineries, or a lot of the wineries, uh, not always out in the public eye, but the beer's kicking around. So, DJ, how's it for you? I mean, when we first met, you were the brewer at the original location in Greenport, New York, and now you're opening this larger brewery. What are some of the challenges that you faced and, and some new beers that we can look forward to seeing? Uh, you know, this is definitely a uh, much more high-tech brewery than, uh, than Greenport. It's a, a big step up. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how it all works. And, <laughs> where everything's going to go. You know, we're still waiting on stuff to arrive, and it's uh, certainly a, a fun challenge as a brewer trying to figure out how to, how to make a new brewery operate the way you want it to. But we've been brewing. We're yeah, we've, we're making beer. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, batch six or seven. <clears throat> yeah, ten. Ten? Okay, yeah, see, there you go. Ten, 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 ten so far. Happening faster than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Greenport's been open so long, it's, it's kind of become second nature. You know, kind of walk in there, bang out a, a, a batch, you know, day's work, and not quite remember what you did. Here, um, I have to think about everything, so it's uh, it's fun. It's something different, and hopefully, with the new brewery running and the old brewery running at the same time, we'll be able to do a lot more uh, limited stuff, uh, more interesting beers that you know we've been so challenged to keep up with production so far. Now we'll be able to do more of those uh, 
the geek type beers that people are looking for the, the harder to find you know maybe appeals to a smaller audience but we'll uh, be able to do more of that stuff Greg, Greg Martin from Long Island. So you've been out to this new brewery, Greenport Harbor, a few times. Yes. What do you think about the systems? Because it's oh, kind of sophisticated. It's sophisticated, and, you know, it's, it's brewer's envy is the best way <laughs> you know, to describe it. Um, you know, we, we've had a great relationship with, with Rich and John and with DJ and, and kind of the whole Greenport crew. And, and really even stemming back to when we were all getting into the business, um, first actually met these guys. We were at a craft brewers conference in, in March of 2009 up in Boston. And my business partner, Dan, and I were kind of up there and bounce around this trade show. And uh, we're sitting down to grab some lunch. And they came, we'd, we'd kind of, hey, wave to them through the conference. But then they sat down and we had the four of us had lunch together. So we're just kind of spitballing about our ideas. We're both getting ready. We're just both on the cusp of starting to make beer. And uh, we saw each other throughout the, fest, the, uh, the conference. And on the ferry ride back... Uh, from Boston, we just got drunk on the ferry, the four of us. Um, so that was kind of the, you know, the, the, the glue that cemented their relationship. Um, and it's always, and when we were first starting out, and we didn't have our keg washer running. We'd run out to kegs out to the Greenport facility, and then let us wash and run some kegs over there. And we've borrowed, you know, when we've run out of certain chemicals. So we have this nice uh, relationship, that, and that's kind of carried through to, to everybody on the North Fork with Mustache and with Crooked Ladder and We've all been able to, to to kind of beg, borrow, and steal when we need to from each other, um, and we also have uh, that professional courtesy. Whereas we all make sure we take care of each other. You know, it's I'm never going to step on their toes. They're never going to step on mine, um, which is you know nice in this day and age to have that type of community. Whereas you've got each other's backs. You can be in a in a business that you're business competitors, but you're not competing with each other. So um, yeah, we come into this. We're super excited for them because they're our friends. And then, of course, like I said, there's the brewer's envy when you walk in and you see this, you know, gorgeous brand new high-tech 30-barrel system with touch screens and alarms that'll go off <laughs> if something goes wrong, you know. Because, you know, you're know, you you're all looking to get to that step eventually. So it's, it's exciting. We're very excited. We were out here on 4th of July for the soft opening and, you know. My wife on the ride out said, I know what's going to happen. You're going to get in the car when we leave. You're going to go, oh, I wish I had this. Oh, I wish I had that. And I was like, she's like, you got 20 minutes to bitch and whine. And after that, you got to stop. So I was like, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Well, that's pretty cool. You're talking about, so one thing about the North Fork, we learned, so there's ferries. You can yep. get to New England from yep. here. You got wineries nearby. And you also have uh, people growing hops too, don't you? Hops, yeah. I mean, there's 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 everything out here. I mean, there's, and you know, there's a lot of farm to table restaurants that are coming up now. Obviously, there's we're sitting in the middle of farms all around us, so it's uh, it's it's definitely you know, and even to see the you know the tourism aspect of that because of the agricultural end. And when, and when we look at the beer side, we are agricultural in, in, in a sense. Um, because of the ingredients that we're using. And, and, you know, Justin Wisnowski, who works for Greenport, his family has a farm out here, you know, and they're growing hops along with, you know, fruits and vegetables. So it's, 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 a, pretty, it's a pretty awesome little life cycle like, that goes on out here, and it's constantly growing. That's cool. Shouldn't this be a hard hat tasting, Rich? Maybe. <laughs> the guy over there, like, sawing something. And, no, it's okay. No. <laughs> it's part of the background. But, uh, and you guys, Matt and Lori, too, I mean... Where are you guys getting your ingredients? Are, are you using any local ingredients? Or you just, I don't know if the listeners can tell, Jimmy, but we're all painting at the same time. <laughs> I'm actually installing a sink right now. Like to put down the record. Um, yeah, no, so we're... Uh, it's been hard actually getting the 
even being such a small brewery, uh, we're a two-barrel brewery, um, it, it has been hard trying to keep up with the just getting you know the local hops in the local mall. Pretty much everyone is out of everything, um, you know. But we are going to be getting some hops from you know different farms across the North Fork come this season, which is pretty much September we're looking at. Um, we're getting malt from another. Um, Maltster upstate, they uh, they don't grow it there, but they're malting it. They, it's a farmhouse malt and brewery, so it's another husband and wife operation. They just yeah, we know those guys. They're up by Finger Lakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're over in uh, Ithaca, and um, you know they just also opened a small uh, brewery and tasting room on their their malting facility as well. Um, so, are you, are you guys just selling at your tasting room, or do you yeah, still have so, accounts in Riverhead? So we uh, we'd love to sell the more accounts, but we can't make enough beer right now, which is a problem. So we're pretty much, I mean, our tasting room is open five days a week right now, and um, so we're pretty much selling through the tasting room. But we do have a handful of about ten accounts that, when we do have enough beer, we rotate through them. Um, we just can't keep up. We have a waiting list right now. So what are some of the places that, that you would be selling to in the North Fork? Um, mostly in Riverhead. Um, so we're on at Dark Horse and Diggers usually in Riverhead. Um, and then that's pretty much it for the North Fork. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's just rotated through a couple other places across the island to try to just spread it out, actually kind of away from the North Fork for people who aren't out here. So we're on at... Um, Usually at like Hoptron and Patchogue, uh, Tappan Barrel and Smithtown, uh, Good Life and Massapequa Park, uh, Cortland and Bayshore. So those are the main places. You're not always on. It's just when we have kegs, we call them and they gladly put us on. All right. Cheers to you guys. Greg, what's the beer that we're drinking again? This is our uh, Trinity IPA. And... uh, just uh, yeah, just released this beer last Friday, so it's, uh, it's a new one for us. All right. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. So you like good beer. Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the Internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're doing a special pre-record in August at the New Greenport Harbor Brewery in Peconic, New York. we got some great guys here. we got uh, John, DJ, and Rich from Greenport Harbor, Greg from Long Ireland, and Matt and Lori from uh, Mustache and our good buddy Nico Kremitis well put, put this whole show together and it's kind of fun we're out here we're next to wineries hot farms 
uh, not too far from the ferry to New England. We're getting a little bit of the North Fork character. But most of all, these guys are, are pioneers out here in North Fork, and they're working together to help create a great craft beer community. So, Lori and Matt from Mustache, uh, you guys just poured a beer. Let's talk a little bit more about the beers that you guys are making. Sure. All right. So, um, this one that we're drinking now is our it's our summertime beer. It's a Mojito Pale Ale. Um, it's brewed with a fresh lime. I don't know why I'm looking at it. Like I can tell you something. <laughs> it's brewed with um, fresh limes, fresh mint. Um, so we hand zest all the limes. We hand juice them. We chop up all the mints. I love and hate this beer at the same time. It's like a, gi- a ginger beer or something. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's very like. Doesn't it taste a little like ginger, Nico? Um, I, I get I get a lot of mint out of mint, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you, Jimmy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a great beer. So tell us about when you guys got started. You know, tell us about how, how this community of brewers helped you, or you guys worked together. Sure. I mean, you know, just in the whole process of trying to open a brewery, you know, we we definitely had leaned on you know um, a lot of the resources out here, of like handing Greg at Long Island. Hey, they helped us out a lot, and just being able to pick their brain on 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 you know how they started things and what they did, and just going to other breweries, it, 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 it's it's a community. Like it wasn't wasn't a lot of you know of secrets. No, 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 no I, right. I can't tell you that. It, it, like a lot of people are are kind of open on on how they do things and and what worked. For them, which 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 we find, you know, you don't find a lot no. in other industries. This this is one of the only industries where 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 it, it's yes, we're kind of we are competition, but it's it's a community. Yeah, I mean, Dan and Greg are part of the reason that we're out in Riverhead. We had um, we had initially wanted to be closer to the city, and um, we had a place in Nassau, and after five months working out this lease. It came down to one day the lawyer called us and he's like, um, I need you to check your email and call me back right away. And you're like, oh, shit, that's never good. You know, and it turned out it was like you, it was from the landlord. It was like, you can sign this lease the way it is today or we can just have nothing to do with you. And we're like, seriously? So we just, we didn't have a good feeling about it. We just cut it loose. And then, uh, you know, that was, I guess, like the fall of 2000. 13? Yeah. 12? So how'd you end up in Riverhead? I mean, did you know this area? We actually had no desire initially to be out here because it was just so far. I mean, we grew up in, you know, we lived in East Islip our whole lives, and we wanted it to be close to where we grew up, like our friends and family. And um, so I think I came out here, like, right after. It was on Black Friday, and I just, like, walked in, and I must have had this look on. And on my face when I walked in, I was miserable that day. And they're like, so, are you looking in Riverhead? I was like, I don't know, should I be? Like, just really, like, desperate feeling at that point. You know, but after talking to them and, you know, because we had called. I had I had called pretty much every other township um, after the Belmore location fell through. And every town was like, oh, that's like being a bar. We got to do a parking study. You got to go for a zoning board. And we're like, we don't want to do that. We just want to make beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, Dan and Greg were like, you should totally check it out out here. You know, the town's great. So I left, and then, like, I'm on the expressway, and five minutes later, Dan calls me. He's like, can you come back? I'm like, is everything all right? And he's like, yeah, the town supervisor's here and, you know, wants to meet you because you're thinking about it. I'm like, all right, let's turn around. And town supervisor's there picking up his keg for the week or something. Allegedly. Oh, Allegedly. 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 <laughs> Sorry. And, uh... 
you know, so I, I spoke with him and he was like, you know, we'd be more than happy to have you guys out here, whatever you guys need, whatever we can do to make it easy for you to come here, let us know. You know, we were like, seriously? I, I called Matt in the car. I'm like, I'm not sure what just happened, but I think we should think about Riverhead, you know? So we started looking and, uh, Actually, the first place in Riverhead we looked at, it was smaller than what we wanted, but we were like, screw it, let's just take it. You know, i got to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I don't know. What's, and a lot of our listeners are homebrewers, and some of them consider, you know, turning pro. Mm. So what size, space did, you get? <laughs> what size space did you get? Uh, how big of a system do you have, and do you guys still have day jobs? Uh, so we're, our space is 1,400 square feet. Um, we're on a two-barrel system with actually the um, it's the Blickman system with the extensions on the pots for any homebrewers out there who may know about that um, so we can do two barrel batches but uh, our, all of our batches get split up in two one barrel tanks um, which is a pain in the ass but we gotta do what we gotta do yeah, um, yeah I mean it, it's, it's really like our system is homebrewing on steroids yeah. you know it's just it's three big pots, and that's pretty much it. There's definitely people who have this in their garage for fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you guys still have day jobs, too? No. So um, last summer, my job closed, um, and I had a really flexible job where I could just tell my boss, like, hey, i got to go jackhammer out a floor today and meet the plumbers, so I'm not going to be in. Um, so once we closed, I just couldn't find anything that offered any sort of flexibility. I definitely think that was part of the huge, like, turning point for getting the brewery open was me being able to be there every day like a full-time job and then uh matt just quit his job in uh about two months ago may yeah. right yeah probably. mostly because he was we were just getting burnt out I had to. it was 40 yeah. hours a week there 60 hours a week at the brewery is there even 100 hours in a week i don't even know <laughs> but, uh, i don't know we were sleeping at the brewery it was getting bad we were like gotta do something about this so yeah. So, yeah. No, the typical American works 100 hours a week. Did you know that? No. no. <laughs> well, you do well, if you own your own business. Yeah. That's true. Lazy. So, Greg, what, what did you think when, when you met them and, and they were getting started? Like, what, what advice did you give them? And Well, again. You definitely told us not to do it. We definitely told them not to do it. Multiple times, too. <laughs> we gave them all of the appropriate warnings one would give. Uh, but we had known them for years prior to them opening the brewery just from the beer community. They were in the local beer clubs, the home brewery clubs, and... and um, Long Island Beer and Malt Enthusiasts, which is you know a pretty large uh, a beer club on, on Long Island. So we knew them. We were friends with them already on a social level. Um, so, again, it was very much, um, you know, even prior to the whole North Fork community thing, when we were starting, we were talking with, you know, Mark and Pete at Blue Point. So, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, it's always been this, this progression of... Other breweries uh, helping out, you know, the guys that are coming into it, and we were fortunate and had that, and um, that, you know, that's how we got started. Also, so we always, you know, felt the obligation to kind of pay that forward uh, because I don't know that we would have been uh, started if someone didn't give us. So you started also like in a small space at first, didn't you? We actually started out um, gypsy brewing at New England Brewing in Connecticut. So for the first ten months, we would go to Connecticut every Saturday. And brew our beer in basically a tank that we were releasing. So we were gypsy brewing out of Connecticut and self-distributing the beer. Uh, so that was kind of the first 10 months that we were doing that. And then we had pushed one of our brands up to contract while we were building the facility until May of 11 where we pulled everything in-house and we do all of our own brewing and everything in the facility. 
So, um, again, if we didn't have that relationship to start out with, with Rob from New England Brewing uh, and the relationship when we were buying used kegs from Mark and Peter Blue Point, I, you know, I don't know where we would have been or what our timeline would have been either. So, you know, that's, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of expense you realize that, that you uh, save by having those relationships. So, uh, and, and much like the North Fork Wine Trail um, is we know that every, the, the more of us there are out here, A, the better that our community is, and it's also better from a business standpoint. Um, you know, somebody may not want to drive to Riverhead to go to one brewery for a tasting room. There's now three within a half a mile of each other. And then now you've got Greenport, which kind of breaks up from Riverhead to the original Greenport location with the new Peconic location. So you've, you've, you've got this beer trail that's now starting on the North yeah. Fork, which is pretty awesome. We've People can come out and make a day of it. You know, it's not driving to come to go to Greenport or go to Long Island Riverhead. It's now they can hit, you know, five locations in, in, in one day and go out and make a whole day of it, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, we find a lot of that. Like in our tasting room, we find a lot of people that come out from the city or they're on the island for a couple of days and they want to get almost like get the most bang for their buck. Like, all right, sweet, I can hit three breweries that are all within a five-minute walk of each other and then shoot out to a winery, to Greenport, you know. It's also, I'm finding too, to go back to the wineries that there's a lot of happy mediums now. It's like the group has got a couple of people who want to hit a winery, a couple of people who want to get a brewery. So you're able to do all of that in the same trip. So they'll either, you know, go one place and then hit another. And it's kind of like everyone's happy, you know. Also with the or drunk. Or yeah. Drunk. <laughs> That's pretty much or it. drunk and You know. Oh, I mean, we even get a whole bunch of people that get dropped off at the brewery while their wives go shopping at the outlets, which is also nice. It's a wonderful thing. You know? <laughs> So uh, I have a question. So when is the North Fork collaboration beer coming? It's oh, no. <laughs> a great question. Well, you know, you guys did a great. I mean, it was after Sandy. Uh, you made that great collaboration beer for Barrier. Tell us about that, Nico, because that was kind of how we all first met. Yeah, uh, Search Protector after Hurricane Sandy hit and Barrier got demolished. Uh, I think eight breweries uh, came together, and we brewed a beer called. Search protector at Blue Point and raised money for Barrier and Long Island Cares, and yeah, it was a great thing. We raised, I think, over over thirty thousand dollars for Barrier. That's great. Well, Lori and Matt, you just poured a second beer for us. What's this? This is the Franco. The Franco America. You gotta say it. Franco America. Like America. The spaghetti, spaghettios. Not spaghettios. Yeah, we did. That was an afterthought. People were like, "Is that a spaghetti?" I had a brew, Brewfest in Prairie. They did a collaboration. They actually put some. It called Spaghetti West, and they actually put spaghetti in the the brew. But that's that's getting weird. I I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about about having all the ingredients and putting in donuts. I know Evil Twins doing a beer with donuts. Um, I'm still happy to see like local hops. If anything, I want to have more local hops and local grain and and base beers. And a lot of my customers actually want to just have a nice grain malt, you know, grain bill kind of beer. Um, This is pretty. So why is it Franco American? So it's actually a happy accident beer. Yes. This beer is actually. our pale ale, just our, our uh, standard American pale ale, but uh, since we do uh, split every batch up into two tanks, we ferment uh, one tank with with standard American ale yeast, and and then the other tank, uh, we use a French saison uh, yeast, which, is what, uh, which gives it its kind of peppery spice character, um, uh, but it's not a straight... 
Yeah. He's on. You, you do get, you know, you know it, it's a, it's American Pale, so you get all of that citrusy, you know, hop character. Um, so you're just working with hops, grain, and, and yeast. Right, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. No so flavors, no, no fruit, nothing. nothing. Yeah, yeah. And here is just uh, all that peppery character from that uh, French yeast. And uh, this started when uh, I had a batch of our pale ale that actually um, had an issue with the, uh, with the fermentation that got stuck, it stalled. So uh, the a French yeast that will eat through everything. So I, uh, I pitched that in just to finish it out. And, and you know, I, obviously I, I knew it wasn't going to be our pale ale. I had to do something else with it. But uh, it, it, it came out pretty cool because it wasn't a Saison. It wasn't it wasn't a straight, you know, it, it had a different character to it. Which so, so really, for, and for the brewers, so is, is, do French yeast, like Saison yeast, have that power? Oh, sure. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, in what way? Like, DJ, you want to tell me about, have you worked with Saison yeast? Yeah, we do a Saison. Uh, that's our spring seasonal. Uh, <clears throat> we've used, uh, actually the first couple years we did it, we used the French Saison yeast, which is a little bit fruitier than the uh, like the traditional Belgian Saison yeast. Uh, not quite as dry. Um, and we've been using like a Saison blend in the last couple of years, but you do get a lot of spicy Spicy notes, get some of that pepper. Uh, I get some interesting, like, I always think, like, apple juice sort of flavors mm. when we use the, the French yeast. Uh, it's good stuff. You know, we do uh, we do the spring turning, rye saison is our spring seasonal, and then we also also ferment uh, a beer that was originally based, based on our porter recipe, and uh, it's a, like a black saison. Just to yeah. really twist those flavors. You got the black duck porter, then you made it Saison Cur- stuff. Canard Noir. Canard Noir, yeah. That's a great beer. It started just as black duck, kind of like this, you know, the same same beer fermented with a different yeast. And we have changed it a little bit over the years uh, just to bring it a little more in line with the Saison. But uh, it's still just a, a black Saison, you know, just a little twist on those normal flavors. You know, when the original brewery you had, which you still have in Greenport, right? So you can yep. still, it's still going to be open. You're going to do what? Small batches there. Yeah, we're pulling the. You can still have the tasting room open. Tasting room be there. We're pulling the big fermenters out. We're putting in some smaller 15 barrel fermenters to go with that brew house. So we'll be uh, covering two breweries. I, I'm still doing the brewery shuffle. Uh, pretty much every day, at least one trip down to Greenport, usually to get clamps, hoses, <laughs> <laughs> something that I'm missing here at this brewery. But. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, the plan is for the new brewery is to start doing a lot more fun stuff. You got to be hands on, right? I mean, everything here is like tinkering, and it's a lot of equipment. A lot of equipment. I find I spend less time making beer now than I used to. I find a lot, I'm doing a lot more climbing up on the roof and spending a lot more time in front of a computer. And but we're uh, we're we're getting by, and you know, we just brought in uh, Joe Hayes is our new. Uh, relatively new brewer along with me and, and he's picking up my slack which is great you know it's he knew he's like a, a formally trained brewmaster so it was very little learning curve for him to pick up where we're at and uh, just so, so there is there is you know it's one thing being a home brewer making a small batch once you get to like what size brewery are you guys down so the new the new brew house is 30 barrels uh we have nine a mix of 90 and 30 barrel fermenters definitely so a there is boy. additional training that is required maybe uh, Changing yeah, recipes, perhaps. Uh, yeah, we're we're kind of working through that right now. We've, we're starting to bring over uh, the full time beers here. Here, um, we just brewed our first batch of Harbor Ale at the new brewery, and so far we're very happy with it. Although I haven't tasted it yet today, so who knows? <laughs> but uh, we started brewing our leaf pile over here this year. The the, the spring, the fall seasonal will all be brewed at the new brewery. Um, 
hopefully brewing our first batch of porter, uh, the Black Duck Porter here at the new brewery tomorrow. Uh, definitely, you know, adjusting for the new new brew house, but I think so far we're we're doing all right. I think uh, too, uh, you know, the skill and experience that that PJ has, and now with Joe, it's uh, you know, it's one thing to size up to a larger size brew house, but it's the experience and the knowledge that they have when you encounter that little thing that kind of trips you up to manage that and get around it and still kind of you know proceed in a way that you know. It's, the whole thing isn't going down the drain, you know, which is really cool. The other thing I just want to mention is we're actually uh, we just launched our uh, internship program again for 2014 where we, we uh, are going to look to hire a couple interns in the fall. So I can come here and clean kegs you and could, <laughs> pose things down. Yeah, do you have an automatic well, keg washing machine to do it by hand? Yeah, it's a uh, semi-automatic. Yeah. So I can do that too, you right? You can do that too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, before we take our break, so this show will be airing August 19th. Uh, will the tasting room be open to the public uh, by Labor Day or in September? We're, uh, we're certainly hope, hope so. We're, we're open now. We're, we're allowed to operate now. But the, uh, the last little thing that we're um, still struggling with is the, the town issuing um, – the various additional final little things to allow us to theoretically come inside the building. Well, you know, we've, we've heard about that. We know we work with the Governor Cuomo's office, and they're, they're really pushing to get brewery licenses passed quickly on right. the state level. Right. But we've found that most of the communities, whether it's the building department or zoning, don't really know what breweries are. You right. think that's the case? It, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is the case, and certainly I can only speak to, you know, our experience thus far with South Old Town. I mean, I know Sean Walter in Riverhead, who's the supervisor in Riverhead, and I know that he's very, like, uh, progressive-minded, or he sees the opportunity here to build a kind of a, a further economic base for Riverhead, especially downtown Riverhead, which kind of struggles to compete with the... Uh, you know, the, the, the mall area, strip mall area yeah. up on uh, 48. But uh, South Hole Town's been, I will say, they've been pretty good. But the problem is, you know, you want people to think kind of like creatively and be able to kind of like get from point A to point Z without having to go all the way through the alphabet. Uh, and um, that's the most challenging part for us is kind of getting them going, getting us, let's get us across the finish line. So... Um, I think, you know, sometimes people will exalt, you know, form over substance. And if they, yeah. if they realize this, the opportunity is here to drive more tourist dollars, attract more people out to the East End, give them a better experience overall, finding a way to get that done quicker is really what needs to I happen. I think everybody wants breweries and everyone's into the craft beer scene, but I think it's true. It's kind of town by town, city by city. There's different codes that weren't really set up when, when this whole craft beer thing was happening. So we got a lot more to talk about on the show. We'll be back one more segment. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're doing a special pre-record in August 2014 out at the new Greenport Harbor Brewery in uh, Peconic, New York. We've got some great guys here, Rich, John, and DJ from Greenport Harbor Brewing, Greg Martin from Long Island, and Matt and Lori from Mustache. We've been talking about everything from uh, you know town zoning to uh, how to start a small brewery to uh, creating a North Fork uh, beer trip. So, all right, so DJ, what's this beer that we're drinking now? 
So this is our uh, number five. This is our anniversary ale. Uh, every year we've done, every summer since our first year, we've done a, a one-off to celebrate another year down, another year of not being unemployed. <laughs> um, so our anniversary is in July, uh, so we've always tended to, uh, in previous years, kind of keep it lighter, more kind of summer-friendly, if you will. Um, so this year we did decide to take it in a little bit of a new direction. Uh, we brewed a Belgian double, and uh, at the last, a Belgian-style double, and at the, we decided along the way that we'd maybe throw some fruit in there, even though I've fairly publicly stated that I don't want to do fruit beer. <laughs> but this isn't a fruit beer per se. But uh, So what we did is we took a, a Belgian-style double, pretty straight-up standard recipe, and then uh, aged it on tart red cherries. So the, the the fruit is fairly subtle, but you it's can really there. taste the fruit. It's it's all fruit, all fruit. <laughs> no beer. No, it's good. I mean, it's like three philosophers, you know, from Omega. That's yeah. a quad, but yeah. this is nice. I mean, it's great. Despite what I said, there there are uses of fruit. Yeah, that are good. <laughs> Lambics and yeah, uh, absolutely, and and I can appreciate it. I just didn't want to be. I, I can think of another brewery that once very clearly stated they would never do a fruit beer, and it's now they're. I think they're number one. Which brewery is that? I don't know. I, you I, can't I, tell. I forget the name of the brewery. <laughs> so, so, DJ, when you got started, um, I know you've been a brewer for a number of years, and we've interviewed before, but what were some beers that inspired you or still do inspire you that our listeners might know? I'll tell you, the one beer that still gets me excited all the time, uh, you know, as far as, like, seasonal releases and whatever, is uh, Celebration Ale from Sierra Nevada. I still think that is absolutely the... the Definitive American style pale uh, IPA. Uh, I know IPA has changed a lot since then, but that is the one beer I still go out and buy a case of every year. I just absolutely love that beer. Cheers to that. That's a good one too. It's pretty badass beer. Nico's got a question for everybody. So this is the big question. Uh, is is number five kind of indicative of what you might be doing at the newer brewery as far as experimenting? Yeah, I, absolutely. I would think so. Uh, you know, we've been so pressed to keep up with the the four full-time beers that we've had. You know, the Harbor Ale, Other Side IPA, Black Duck Porter, and then a seasonal beer. Uh, we really haven't had the opportunity to be as uh, creative as we'd want to be, like to roll out new beers as frequently. So now having all this extra capacity, you know, being able to do those beers here at the big brewery and then just go down to the, the other brewery and just mess around. Um, is something I really look forward to, and you know I think I think the core beers are going to get better here at this brewery. Uh, the new brewery is definitely it's more sophisticated, but I think it's going to be easier to to really reproduce the quality beers that we're after. Uh, I'm really excited about how things are going to improve, um, and then be able to be creative with the, the the old brewery and blow those recipes up down here if it works out that way. And we're a farm brewery, too, so actually, you know, the requirement that you have to use more New York locally sourced, you know, ingredients um, is kind of an additional interesting thing that we'll be able to do down there as well, where we actually, you had mentioned before, Jimmy, you know, a lot of hops going on. There are hop yards popping up all over on the east end. Uh, we just um, actually established a relationship with uh, the Young's Farm up in Aquabog, and they have over 250 acres under their control. And they're going to start growing rye and wheat for us, as well as barley. So we're going to, you know, barley is the tougher crop to kind of really um, achieve a yield on that is large enough for 
uh, you know, manufacturing size. But they're totally excited. It's a free generation. We met with three generations, John and I, the other week. Uh, you know, the grandfather, the father, and the son, and they're all farmers, and they're all totally pumped to kind of jump in. And so we're really excited. That sounds like a good name for beer, doesn't it? Three generations. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. <laughs> so on that note, so for you guys between Mustache, Long Island, and, and Greenport, do you think there will ever be a North Fork or East East Long Island style of beer? You know, the way that in the North Fork, I know Cabernet Franc grows pretty well for, for, for grapes. You know, in the Pacific Northwest, they, you know, piloted all these great IPAs. W- would there be a style you think that you could make here that would be world class? I mean, I think I'll start, but I think that, you know, we are, we've done the Cubes on a couple of times, uh, and that's where, you know, you're incorporating. Uh, what did I say that wrong? Uh, no, I'm impressed you pronounced yeah, it yeah, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've corrected you're me so many times. It's the that first I, uh, time he's ever said it the right way in my presence. <laughs> I was impressed that he put a beret on his head after he said it. <laughs> but that's, to me, that's a, you know, utilizing, you know, uh, local grapes. I mean, to me, it's exactly it. It's like what makes uh, North Fork really interesting? Well, certainly the grape culture is already here. Uh, being able to incorporate local hops now and, you know, potentially grain in the next year or so. Uh, it's totally on the horizon for all of us and um, to be able to avail ourselves of the local ingredients, even on the East End of Long Island. So it's really exciting. Yeah, we're going to work on an all-cauliflower beer. It <laughs> should be really good. <laughs> Throw a little broccoli in as well. <laughs> no, but for real. Um, for, from you, what, what, what would you, of the beers you make, what, what would you th- hope would be the style of people say, this is a East Long Island beer? You know what, it's, um, it's a Fresh great out. question, but, it, but it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't really have an answer for that. I mean, yeah. you, know, um, you know, like Rich and DJ and John were saying, as far as uh, collaboration-wise, you know, we're doing some work with some of the local vineyards, you know, as far as for barrel aging and Merlot barrels and things like that. So I think what will happen is that natural progression like Rich is saying, of the wineries and the breweries kind of starting to intertwine their fingers together and, and start to blend that. So I think that is a natural progression that will come. I know, like, uh, you know, Paul from Blind Bat Brewery, who's not a North Fork brewery, but he works with, you know, Long Island Potatoes and his potato stout. You know, so, I th- you know, I think you'll, you will see um, just natural progression uh, between what we have locally available as the breweries continue to grow and our feet get, you know, more and more planted out here within what we have around us. I think it's just, you know, I don't know where it's going to go, but I think it'll go somewhere. Anika, what did you say for the style? Uh, I, I feel like fresh hop uh, ale right now, and we're close to the harvest, but I, I think everybody yeah, has done. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And like, mustache. Are you guys going to do a fresh hop ale this year? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did. I'm yeah. sure we will. Uh, um, yeah, one, yeah, you know, once hop harvest hits, yeah. Where, where would you get your hops? Because you guys are fairly small. Yeah, and uh, we've been talking to John Kinzella. Um, he's got a good hot farm there. Um, also, maybe farm to plant. You know, well. not sure yeah. what they're doing as as far as releasing hops right now. But uh, they're just down the street here, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's just there's yeah. a there's hop hop right into that says farm to plant. Yeah. 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 That's, That's Van Morgan Dean is, is his name. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we've also been talking to uh, is it North Fork hops? So, yeah. Yep, Chris North up yeah. there. Yeah, Cornell, yep. Cliff Cornell. Another yeah. big yard. He's actually got three acres in. He's planting another three acres mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, he's, he's doing, doing some aromatic hops. You know, yeah. they're, they're, he's good. he just started. So you out think with the, the East End of Long Island is, is a great place for growing hops? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's it's totally it's doable. Exactly. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, humidity can be a little tricky. Uh, you know, and that's uh, yeah. you know we don't. I mean, certainly the Northwest doesn't suffer from that as much as we do. 
But um, certainly kind of the core styles are do very well. So I think, you know, there's a lot of opportunity. And then with uh, Chris doing some of these aromatic hops, you know, which now seem to be kind of like leading the way out west, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that comes along. What are some hop varieties that do really well out here on the island? Cascade, Cascade. right? Cascade. Cascade. A lot of people are starting to grow centennials now. Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets. We grew some... uh, Justin, our sales guy, is growing some Santium for us mm. just to try something different. You know, yeah. like little, something that's a hot variety that's a little bit harder to find. So Yeah, well, Amets are growing now, too. I think Chris is actually uh, trying some Galaxy, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Is there another place in the world that you would compare the climate to uh, for the east end of Long Island in terms of hop growing? I mean, it's pretty close to the same, whatever it is, longitude or latitude as, you know, out in Oregon and Washington. We're on the same kind of... Uh, but you know, beyond that, I'm not sure. Other than you know, I don't know if you carried that all the way over to Europe, if it would be the same or not. Yeah. I mean, when I was in my previous life as a distiller, it was always compared to the uh, Burgundy region of France. But they grow grapes; they're not hops. <laughs> <laughs> so, what so you that just, means, you guys are just trying it out, and it's a, your own original. So this kind of like this is original beer. It wasn't really a, a tradition of brewing out here, was there? I mean, it was mostly it was potato farms going right. going back a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Even the wineries were fairly new. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 True. yeah. The wineries are probably what thirty years. Yeah. Thirty yeah. forty years. Yes. Back yeah. in the seventies. What's a typical day? So I mean, I, I come out here sometimes in Mattatuck. So I take this the bus and I get off at the uh, Four Doors Bar in Mattatuck. And every once in a while, I hear someone talking about, "Hey, you know, in those days when it was just the potato farmers." And everyone kind of laughs because it's kind of the inside of the bar. But uh, on one hand, I was impressed that they had Long Island Celtic on draft, but then for the most part, all of their beers were just kind of bud and, and mainstream beers. You know, what is the scene like out here? I mean, I know that there's tourists coming in, and New York City is a great beer market, but out here actually in, in the east end of Long Island, do the people actually drink craft beer, or are they drinking Bud Light? Yeah, I mean, right down the road from there, you head down south along the water, and there's a bar called Legends, it's owned by a gentleman, Dennis, and he's been doing craft for... Ever. I mean, he's doing craft out here before. Anybody was doing craft out here. And I think he just added more taps again out there. I think, what, is it 24 yeah, now? 24 bars. 24 taps. Uh, I think he has two cask engines. Um, you know, so he's kind of, for the, for the North Fork area, he's, he's probably the biggest and oldest craft guy around that's been, you know, on the bar side of the business, bar and restaurant side, serving great food, serving great beer. And... I think what you'll see from if we ever talk with him is you know, he was a, a big import guy, you know, because there wasn't craft when he started. So he was doing all uh, imports, heavy imports and stuff, Eddie, which he still has some imports, but now he's gone craft and he really supports all the locals. Um, so you're seeing more and more of it. And as restaurants turn over and, and a new bar owner comes in, they're going craft. So there's, you know, with some of these older places, you know, they're, 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 I think getting into craft because they realize if they don't, they're going to die on the vine. Um, but the new places that are opening up, um, out in Greenport uh, Village, there's definitely a lot of craft out there. And, you know, Barbecue Bills, and you know, there's a lot of good places that have opened up out there that are, you know, doing craft out there. So Nico's been part of our Good Beer Seal Committee. It's primarily giving out awards to top craft beer bars in New York City. But with Nico, we've expanded into Long Island. What are the, the beer bars on Long Island that We've awarded the Goodbridge Seal to Nico. Uh, well, for the first year, we did Tap and Barrel. Um, and what t- just tell the towns, too. Uh, Tap and Barrels in Smithtown. 
And then we did TJ Finley's in Bayshore. And uh, we did the Black Sheep L House in Mineola. And that was last year. And this year we uh, inducted The Good Life in Massapequa Park. All right. And those, those are places that you guys sell to regularly or would? Yeah. 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 All right. What about for you guys? You got mustache. If someone had to say uh, in two years, uh, mustache would be this. How would you guys be still open or? <laughs> I know how tough it is. We'll see. We're going to be running the world actually in two years. It's all about the big picture. I mean, uh, we have some plans actually, uh, even though we just opened a couple months ago, you know, we're already uh, looking to expand. We should be hopefully up on uh, bigger fermenters by the end of the year. Um, we have a loan in the works right now, which is a little scary, but it's like. You know, taking out a mortgage on something we can't sleep in is kind of uh, kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> but um, I mean, we're just gonna keep doing. What we're that doing. feeling wears off after. A while. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I've gotten. I've it really becomes just like, numbness. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I, like when we did the loan, we had to sit down and write down a list of all the credit card debt, and I was like, whatever. <laughs> like, it could be worse, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're just we're looking to just get a, a bigger fermenters. That's really like our pinch point on brewing is uh, so we're looking to upgrade to some seven barrel fermenters, which is going to be like some back to back two and a half batch brews. Um, we're kind of crazy like that, so you know, definitely crazy to be in this business. But um, so Greg, Greg and Lori Mess, you guys didn't really plan to come to Riverhead. Riverhead welcomed you, and now there's it's become a little brewing town. We we actually planned for Riverhead. You did, uh, yeah. We we it, and because in the brewing industry, one of wonderful things that you can find with a building is sewers. Yeah. So a lot of Long Island does not have sewer districts, but Riverhead happens to be one of the towns that does. <clears throat> so um, we were we were eyeing Riverhead for a while. We felt that you know we watched. Um, over the last 20 years, how Patchogue has changed. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, me myself included, would say that Blue Point played a big part in that revival of that town, uh, which is nowhere near the way it is today 20 years ago. It's, no, it's, it's a, you know, hustle and bustling Main Street full of great bars and restaurants uh, that the community has really embraced. We felt that Riverhead had that same opportunity um, in time. And, you know, it's, it's always it's a slow go. It's never an overnight thing. But we just felt between the sewers and having that Main Street aspect to it that we're fairly close to, we felt that it was a good opportunity to be there. Even just the past year and a half that Matt and I have been in the location that we're in, just doing the construction, we've seen so many changes in downtown Riverhead. It's crazy. Like, yeah. we actually just moved to downtown Riverhead um, in the spring, and it's just it's totally up and coming. There's so many things that are going to be opening on me I mean we're going from like every building shuttered for the most part to when you know we first got the location for the brewery to like you know it's just there's probably like six or seven places on Main Street that should be opening in the next month or so new restaurants you know um, bars there's just everything like it's it's really it's an exciting time we're doing a lot of work down there for sure yeah like we grew up in Iceland so we watched the, um, the same transition with Bayshore. Bayshore was just nothing for a while when we were younger, and then it just became this awesome, like, fun Main Street town with bars, and you could just 
park somewhere and go out to eat and go out, you know, hit a couple craft beer places. And, you know, it's it's just great to be, we're really excited to be, like, part of this, like, revival of this town, you know. So, Ross, it's super so Craft beer is good. They, they create economy and jobs. Yeah. And, oh, people keep talking people about come that. in, they spend up, and they go to other places. Yeah. And then they go out to restaurants. It's, uh, and yeah, we, it's, we find so much, too, like, especially, like, for us, people come in, you know, a lot of times out of town, we send them to the, you know, to Long Island and Crooked Ladder if they haven't been there. Where do we go to eat? You know, go check out these places, you know. So people are coming and spending in town, which is great. You know, we're not sending them to the commercial places that are up on 58. We're sending everyone to local mom-and-pop businesses. And that's really, that's what's going to keep it going, you know, is, is all these new places. That's awesome. Who wants to wrap it up? Uh, DJ? Rich, anything else you want to say about the new brewery out here? How about this? What, what, what's with the new brewery? Buyer beer, we have to pay. What's going to be either your flagship beer or your, your like hoppiest beer? Or what do you think would be your most popular beer going forward? Uh, I mean, the beer world's all about hops right now. Uh, having all this added capacity. Hopnami. Um, Hopnami's. Oh, yeah, Hopnami. Hopnami's on the schedule for Wednesday. Nice. Good beer. Coming back. Uh, first batch. First hoppy batch in the new brewery, so we'll see how that goes. We have high hopes. Hopefully, I don't break anything. And then we're uh, hoping to, <laughs> we're hoping to uh, package by probably. Well, we're, we're not sure if it'll be this fall, but definitely by the spring. So we'll be releasing packages. You do bottles or cans? Bottles. Bottles. bottles yeah. So you're also going to put in a bottling line. Yep. Yeah. There's plans for a bottling line in the back. Yep. In a restaurant, right? A hundred. Yeah. We're yeah we're sitting in what you know will be hopefully next year. Uh, yeah. A restaurant brew pub over here as well. Yeah. We have 14 taps, and uh, it's about just about almost 4,000 square feet. So we got about 130 seats that we can have here. In here will be the. It'll be there, there's actually an addition. So we're in, we're in, it looks like a tasting room, but yeah, this will be, be a, this will be a tasting room. But there's another two thousand square foot addition that we're putting on off the side. So lot to look forward to. But for this this coming couple weekends, Labor Day, uh, Labor Day weekend, you can come out to Greenport Harbor, in both Peconic and Greenport, right? Yes, and yep. Get beers. Yep. And you guys in Riverhead. Yep. Long Island yep. Mustache. You can go out over Labor Day weekend yep. and get some beers because that's, uh, that's going to be the fun part of everything. So I'd like to say thank you to everybody. This is a special pre-record. It will be airing on August 19th. We had a great summer, July Good Beer Month. A lot of good, good things happening in New York City and uh, New York in general. And I want to give a thank you to everyone, uh, to Heritage Radio Network. Uh, it's worth checking out, heritageradionetwork.org. You should be members. Uh, Beer Sessions Radio records every Tuesday out at Roberta's in Bushwick. Uh, GreatBrewers.com is our sponsors. And thanks to everyone on the show tonight. We've got Rich, John, DJ, Greg, Nika, Lori, Matt. Thanks to our engineer Jack Inslee and producers Maggie and Justin. Thanks so much for joining me here. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.